Hey guys, it's Simi, and this is Wrestling Unlimited, as we are here on the 4th of August, 2021, to talk about everything that went down tonight on AEW Dynamite Homecoming from Jacksonville, Florida. Fix the hat here. Bugging me a little. Let's pull it there. There we go. We're good. I thought the show itself was all right. I wasn't really into it until the main event. To be 100% completely honest, I wasn't really into much of any of this show until the main event. And that's not a good thing. That's not a good thing for a show. I can say for a show they hyped up really big, but at the same time, they really hyped up one match on this show. That was really it. I was confused by more of this show than anything. Like, segments had happened, and I go, that made no sense. What the hell was that? What? what huh? <laughs> what? And we'll get into all of that. We'll talk about everything that happened. But I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Remember, if you are watching on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. Either by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can subscribe to the channel here on Twitch one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription or... You don't want to give us your actual money and what you pay Amazon for Amazon Prime, you can subscribe with that. Because if you have Amazon Prime and you link it to your Twitch account, then you get what's called Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a myriad of different things like free games, DLC stuff for games and whatnot, but also one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you subscribe to us right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. On the flip side, if you're watching on YouTube, you can help us out a couple of different ways, either by donating a super chat or a super sticker in the live chat, or subscribing to the channel as a channel member for early access to exclusive news, early access to non-news videos, early access to podcast episodes, and so much more. Plus, remember, if you miss any of this show and don't want to go back and watch it on, on video, you can catch it on multiple different audio podcast feeds like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and so much more. But let's talk about AEW Dynamite. It was homecoming, but to me, it was more of like confusion fest because I have more questions and I am more confused based off of everything that happened on this show except the main event because apparently I'm the only one that realizes what's going on here. I'm the only one that tweeted out, Go Big Show starts filming in like a week. No one, everyone else is like, was Cody really going to retire? And Malika, even other, others doing podcasts was like, they're like, oh my God, Cody was about to retire and Malachi Black, Malachi Black just attacks him and didn't let him retire. It's all a storyline because go big show. We'll talk about it in a minute. Um, I'm going to butcher your name. Amaturusu, Amaturusu, however you say it. If you want to find us on podcast platforms, all you got to search for is want to say give me two seconds and i can tell you it is i think it's pw unlimited it is just search loading it's loading pro wrestling unlimited pro wrestling unlimited you just search that on apple spotify whatever it should come up also if you search i want to say pw unlimited podcast that would probably uh that should come up as well i want to say but yeah just go on apple apple pods or on Google Podcasts or even Spotify, iHeartRadio, and just type in Pro Wrestling Unlimited, and we should pop up. I know it's, 
I think iHeartRadio is the trickier one to get it on. You have to like Google Pro Wrestling Unlimited, iHeartRadio, and then it'll pop right up. For some reason, when you search it on iHeartRadio, it starts just playing music. I don't know why. It's just some music entitled Wrestling. But with that, the show kicked off with the third labor of Jericho. It was Chris Jericho versus Juventud Guerrera. Jericho must win with a move off the top rope. And I'm going to say it right now, early on, these two were not on the same page. It just didn't feel like these two vibed early on in this match. So this was their first match together since I want to say 1998 or 1999. I know they kept referencing the Cruiserweight title match. Hold on, I can tell you exactly when their last match was. Chris Jericho versus Juventud Guerrera. Matches. Oh, let's just do this. Um, I can tell exactly when their last match was. It was, other than tonight, title versus, oh, hold on, give me two seconds, just double check, that's right. The last time Chris Jericho, yeah, so, the last time Chris Jericho and Juventud Guerrera had a match, it was on WCW Thunder, February 18th, 1999. Meltzer gave it three and a half stars. That was the last time these two had a match against each other. It was on Thunder. They've worked seven times against one another. And the best rating they got was three and three-quarter stars. It was a match on... It was a title versus mask match at Super Brawl. Meltzer gave it a three and three-quarter star. That was the 1998 Super Brawl match where it was title versus mask. But with that, these two had a match that I felt like, again, at the beginning of this match, they weren't vibing well with each other for some reason. They kept talking about how Hoovy's the fastest cruiserweight in wrestling, but... Here in AEW, we don't differentiate between heavyweights and cruiserweights. So we're just say they're heavyweights now. That was kind of weird. But basically, this was just supposed to be a spot match anyways. Hooventude went right after Jericho and laid in some chops in the corner. A diving Hurricane Rana followed as a... He did a diving... I think it's called a Tiharas. Tiharas. Jericho was sent to the floor where Hooventude took him out with another dive. After a fourth straight dive, they're back in the ring, and Hoovy hits a missile dropkick and gets a two. Jericho tackled Hoovy to the floor again and attacked with chops. Back in the ring, Jericho landed a diving crossbody for a two. Hooventude came back with a series of strikes, but Jericho took him down with a cross chop. Hooventude hit a thrust kick for a two and then a buzzsaw kick for another two. Hooventude went for a corner attack, but Jericho popped up a shoulder tackle. There was some miscommunication at one point, but then Jericho landed a diving axe handle for a two. Jericho then hit a backbreaker, but the official wouldn't count it because it didn't come off the top rope, even though Jericho tried to go for the pin. Jericho tore at Juventude's mask, but then Juventude fought out, and they jockeyed for position. Jericho caught the top rope Hurricane Rana and hopped down into a lion's tamer. They called that a move off the top rope. Technically, I guess you could say he jumped off the top rope and then... Went right into a walls, so I guess you can count that. 
Juventud, though, reached the ropes to break the hold. We had a spinning neckbreaker and a thrust kick from Hoovy. He kind of turned a powerbomb into a DDT attempt. And then the Hoovy driver for a near fall. Jericho then hit a Judas effect, but he couldn't cover. He then climbed to the top rope and hit a diving Judas effect to pick up the victory. So after the match, Jericho and Hoovy were like embracing or whatever. And Wardlow would run down to attack Jericho and hit Hoovy with the F10 before hitting Jericho with a casualty of war. MJF would grab a mic. He mocked that the crowd he mocked to the crowd and revealed that Wardlow is the fourth labor for Jericho. A little underwhelming, if I had to say so. I thought it should have been somebody else from Jericho's past or somebody else with meaning for Jericho. But this is a little underwhelming. Oh, next week you're going to face Wardlow. And oh, by the way, I'll be there at ringside to make sure that everything is called properly. Because, so, and I'm going to pull the graphic up here. I think this is worth looking at. They made it seem like at first. Let's see. They made it seem like at first that he was taking, or he was um, going to be the special guest referee. But if you look at the graphic here, let me pull this up on the screen. If you look at the graphic here. It'll let me pull it up. Come on. Why is this not wanting to work? Here we go. If you look at this graphic here, it says the fifth labors of the five labors of Jericho, chapter four. And then it says Jericho versus Warlow, but it says MJF at ringside. Because the way I heard MJF speaking was special enforcer. I thought he was going to say Tyson, but then he said himself. But on commentary, they were like, oh, is MJF going to be their special guest referee? No. He literally said, somebody will be out there in Wardlow's corner to make sure that this match gets called on the up and up. That this match gets called straight down the line, gets called properly. But I don't know why everybody thought that it was going to be a special guest referee. He literally had me thinking Tyson was coming out. But no, it's just him. And so underwhelming. So so, so underwhelming for it just to be Jericho versus Wardlow. MJF at ringside. You know what's going to happen. MJF's going to try and get in into the match. He's going to try and interfere. He's going to jump on the apron. And he's going to take a Judas effect. Jericho's then going to hit Wardlow with something, like a chair. Like Here's what's going to fucking happen. The ref's going to get knocked out. So MJF's going to slide in to be like, I got to take over as ref. Jericho's going to hit him with a Judas effect. Maybe Jericho's going for Wardlow. Wardlow ducks. MJF takes the Judas effect. That's okay. Then what I see happening is, oh, what is his name? Floyd. Floyd the Bat. Boom. Wardlow, you're down. New referee slides in. One, two, three. Ooh, of course, Jericho won. Now he gets to face MJF. It's so obvious. So obvious. MJF's going to get knocked down so that way he can't stop the ref from counting because you know there's going to be a spot where you go one, two, and he like pulls the ref for something and goes, it wasn't me. I'm sorry. It wasn't me. You know some bullshit like that's going to happen. But I think MJF gets knocked out by Jericho, maybe inadvertently. Jericho then uses Floyd, new referee, bum, bum, bum. Jericho wins. Jericho's got to win. 
but it's very underwhelming. It is very, very, very underwhelming. It's just Jericho versus Wardlow. No stip, no nothing. Oh, MJF's going to be at ringside. Well, technically, MJF's been at ringside every time because there's nothing saying he couldn't have jumped off of the announce desk at every... Stupid. Dumb. You would think they had a better idea than this. Well, let's pull my notes back up. Um, we do have a super chat here from Sam Pibben. Really do appreciate that. He's asking about Adam Page. And I'll talk, I'll read the question now, but I'll talk about this more when we get to it. He says, if if you're Adam Cole, oh no, he's talking about Adam Cole. I just saw it said Adam. I thought that was Adam Page. He said, if you're Adam Cole, what you if you are Adam Cole, what you will going to stay in WWE and go to the main roster or AEW next month? That's too hard to say because A, we don't even know if he's gonna go to the main roster if he stays with WWE. B, yes, he has a lot of friends in AEW and he has a lot of cool opportunities if he goes to AEW that he can do. But at the same time, he's got a lot of friends in WWE. He absolutely loves, and he said this before, working under Chris, or under um, Triple H and Shawn Michaels, especially Shawn Michaels. And also, if he leaves WWE and goes to AEW, there you go, no more up, up, down, down. Again, that's another thing that he loves doing right now is being a part of up, up, down, down. Now he can leave WWE and still be part of Up Up Down Down. But if he shows up in AEW, kabosh, kill that. But then the other factor is if WWE gives him an offer and says, here's your offer this many years for this amount of money, but you're coming to the main roster. There's something he has to think about. And that's Twitch. I'm cool. Streams on Twitch at least five days a week. And has always got at least... Five to 700 people watching. Plus, he's got thousands of subscribers. So I'm not saying he's making as much comparable to what he's making in WWE or could make in AEW, but he's making quite a bit, quite a bit off of his Twitch. So that's another thing to think about. If he stays in WWE and gets brought to the main roster, cut that Twitch. Yes, he could still do up, up, down, down, but he's got to cut that, that personal Twitch, the chugs. So we'll see. I mean, I think it's 50-50 right now what he does. Maybe even 60-40 staying WWE because he loves. If he was so dead set on I'm going to go to AEW, he wouldn't have said, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll stick around for the next month. No, that's him saying, okay, I'll stick around so I can still weigh my options. Because the, the rumor is that like less than a week before his contract was up, they came to him and go, oh, um, hey, by the way, your contract's up soon. We didn't realize it. I don't know if he knew and realized it as well, but that's the word that that I've heard was that came to him like less than a week before his contract was up and was like, um, we need to talk. And then they agreed to this short-term extension. He'll stay and finish the Kyle O'Reilly stuff. That's what they asked for. But I don't know. I don't know. We'll see exactly how it all does go down. Again, three weeks. Less than three weeks. And he should be... Let's see. So if Adam Cole says, I'm done with WWE, he can legit show up in AEW on Wednesday, August 25th, if he wanted to, August 25th. That'd be the soonest. If he says he's done with WWE, he could show up in AEW, August 25th, on Dynamite. So we go to the back, and Dasha was like, well, I'm supposed to be interviewing 
the death triangle, but there's no pack here. What's going on? And Alex Abrahantis implies that someone was interfering with his travel. Andrade and Chavo walked up, and Chavo talked about what it could be like if they worked for Andrade. Limos and always being taken care of and this and that and da 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 And I'm like, this is the same fucking promo from last week. They said the same thing. You work for us, and you could have limos and this and that. And they're like, no, we don't work for you. We're not going to work for you. We don't work for anybody. We're the Death Triangle. We're all a family. We work together. They shot down Andrade yet again. Where the fuck is this leading to? Because later, there was just some stupid shit with Fuego. In the back, the Dark Order being interviewed by Tony Schiavone. They were asked about losing the match last week when Hangman would walk up and say, hey, guys, I'm sorry. It was all on me. I lost that match, and you guys lost your shot at the tag titles, which... Get to that bullshit in a minute. So... They're like, no, 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 Adam, Adam, we're not mad at you. This was a collective, collective team thing. We lost. You lost. We all lost. We were all in that match together. And Paige's like, you know what? I, I, need, I think I just need to go be on my own for a while. So, quote, for now, we're done. And Paige goes to walk off. And he does. And John Silver and them are like, no, 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 we need to stop him. He does not need to. No, no, no. And Uno's like, stop. Wait, no. If this is what Adam wants. We need to give him his space. If this is what he wants, we need to give him his space. Honestly, if if the Dark Order, and here's my thing, if the Dark Order is going to remain baby faces, then I think they need to elevate Uno just a little more in this company. Because he is a great, he doesn't want to, he said it before, doesn't want to be called their, quote, leader. But he is a great motivator and all-around What's the word I'm looking for other than leader? He's a great motivator and a great person just to guide them in the right direction. Now, if they're going to eventually turn him heel and they bring someone in like a former Bray Wyatt or something, cool, cool. But I think if this group's going to remain babyface, they they need somebody like Uno, which he's been doing since Brody passed away, to lead them. Not, not be their, quote, leader, but kind of be the voice a voice of reason for the Dark Order. But in turn, I think Uno himself needs to be elevated just a, a skosh to give them a little bit more credibility, if that makes sense. So, going forward, before the match with 2.0 and, and uh, Danny Garcia, they got a promo that was... Way hard to hear due to the mixing. Plus, 2.0, or Ever-Rise, those guys just like to yell, so they were peaking the mic anyways. But as far as their promo, they basically said that they're new here, and they want to call out the top guys to prove that they could be top guys with Moxley, Allen, and, and Kingston. And they had a fun match. I really did like this match. It was 2.0, the former Ever-Rise of WWE NXT, with Daniel Garcia against... John Moxley, Eddie Kingston, and Darby Allen, and this match went exactly as I expected. So, uh, Garcia and Allen started this match off with some cradle exchanges before Lee tagged himself in and clobbered Allen, but Allen tagged in, uh, Eddie Kingston. Lee wanted a chop battle with Kingston, who was happy to oblige. Kingston beat down Lee in the corner, but a cheap shot from Parker allowed Lee to chop block Kingston into the commercial break. 
Once back from the break, Kingston escaped the double team and tagged in Moxley with a, with a, just a sweet hot tag before he was cut off. Uh, Moxley then took out Garcia and brought him to the floor. They brawled a little bit, but Lee was distracted by Sting. Allen uses the distraction to take out Lee with a topang. At this point, they're putting over 2.0 like they're the greatest tag team outside of AEW. They said that they've had countless, countless epic matches with, with Stu Grayson and Evil Luna of the Dark Order. They're all the rivals of them. they got history with Eddie Kingston. They've got great matches all around the world, all around the United States and Canada, especially in the Northeast. And I'm like, maybe. But all I know are these two as the goofs ever rise in WWE and NXT. Going forward. Moxley got the hot tag again and took out both members of 2.0. He then hit a paradigm shift on Garcia, tagged in Darby. Darby hit the coffin drop, about a bing, about a boom. Darby, Eddie, and Moxley do pick up the win. Fun, fun match. I think all six guys looked really well. I think there's a lot of a lot of promise in Daniel Garcia going forward, whether he's in a tag team or whether he's working as a singles. I don't know if AEW is going to sign him or use him as a regular. I don't know how often they'll use 2.0, but... I think there's a place for someone like a Daniel Garcia to get not on dynamite every week. No, but to start working dark and dark elevation and get elevated. No pun intended on those shows. And then if, if the crowds really start reacting to him positively, bring him over. Oh, I've got another super chat for this one from Brian Medina. He says, couldn't say they build them up. Till, uh, couldn't say, couldn't they build them up till Bray comes and Bray is babyface till they turn him dark and take dark order with them. Then you can bring in Braun. I don't think Braun comes to AEW. I don't think Braun fits in AEW. Now, as far as Bray goes, I think if Bray comes in, he immediately is a heel. He's like circa 2013 Bray Wyatt. Don't do that fiend stuff. But he's like cult leader from Louisiana Bray Wyatt. And he comes in and goes, Brody was my best friend. Ever since he passed away, you guys have tried to live his legacy on. But you guys have become too fun-loving. Too, too, what's the word I'm looking for? He can say something like they've been too fun-loving. They've been too goofy. They've been too not serious. And now he needs to bring back the vision of what Brody had for the Dark Order. And that's when he takes them and says, Mr. Brody Lee did not want you guys to just come out here and goof around. Mr. Brody Lee, my best friend Brody Lee, did not want you guys to come out here and be thought of as the comedy act. And I am here to bring his vision forward. I think that's something they should do. And bada bing, bada boom, there you go. I should make a shirt that says that. I say it all the time. Way too much, bada bing, bada boom. (laughs) Anyways. Then we got something that I don't know. What the fuck this was supposed to be? Remember earlier when I said, well, Dark Order can't get tag title shots because they lost last week, but they're getting tag title shots? Yeah, this makes no fucking sense. So they lead her backstage in a wacky basketball skit. And Gallus and Anderson are just like, not even Anderson. Like, Anderson's spinning the basketball on his finger, and they're like, 2010, 2011, 2013, 2014. And all of a sudden, Gallus just goes, Hey, Dark Order, you want a shot at our Impact Tag Titles? Woo, you got it next week. And I go, the fuck? You're just going to give them an Impact Tag Title shot next week? That makes no sense. 
wouldn't you think if they can't get a shot at the AEW tag titles because they lost the 10-man tag, they shouldn't get a tag title shot against another, another set of tag team champions, especially ones that were in the match last week? It's stupid. And, and, shouldn't they have to earn this? They had to, quote, earn the AEW World Tag Team title shot, and they failed at that. So why just give them this tag title shot? It makes no sense. At all. But none of this segment did. I mean, fucking Kenny's wearing a Cookie Monster shirt, and Gallus is wearing a Ric Flair-esque robe. What the? I don't know what the hell this was. Omega said Paige blew it last week. And now he's got no friends. They then told Cutler cut down the basketball hoop because they're retiring from this game. I have no clue what the fuck any of this was. Like, Nick Jackson cut some promo that sounded like Braveheart or something. They, they referenced a movie, but I, I don't remember exactly what it was. He goes, ain't, Randy Cutler's like, ain't that a line from such and such? And he's like, hush it, hush it. And he keeps on going. And I was like, They get wackier and wackier every week, and it just doesn't fucking work for me. They try to be cool, I guess you could say. But the more cool they are, the fucking stupider they are. I just don't get it, and I don't like it at all. And and here's the other thing. Dark Order, Stu Grayson, Evil Luno, they're going to get this tag title shot for what? To lose? So the Dark Order just keeps on fucking losing? That's all it's going to be. They are not. I'm going to repeat, and I'll eat my words if I'm wrong. They are not beating Gallows and Anderson next week for the tag titles. I will eat my words if I'm wrong. But this was stupid. They say, Hangman, we're done with you. And then we get a whole other fucking segment 30 minutes later that has to do with Kenny and Hangman. What? What? So next up, we got Christian Cage against the Blade. He's got the bunny there. She plays into this match. Christian was attacked before the bell. Blade quickly gained the advantage in the ring, but Christian came back with the right hand. Blade tried to flee, and Christian made chase, but was stopped by the bunny. Christian ignored the distraction and sent Blade into the barricade. Back in the ring, Christian climbed to the top rope, where the bunny tried to grab his leg, so Layla Hirsch ran out to make the save, chasing the bunny to the back. Blade tried to use the distraction, take control, but Christian had him scouted. Blade then took out Christian with a rope rebound suplex ahead of a commercial break. Once back from that commercial, Christian avoided a corner spear and sent Blade shoulder first into the ring post. He followed it up with a dive from the post to the floor. Christian, that is. Christian then played it up like he effed up his knees a little bit, but then he was really he was fine. Back in the ring, Christian hit right hands, followed by corner punches. He landed the drop-down uppercut, followed by a sunset flip for a two. Christian went for the kill switch, but Blade fought out and countered a tornado DDT into a power slam for a two. Blade then hit a release suplex and a kick. Then he used the turnbuckle to distract the official to get the brass knucks. Blade then walked right into a spear from Christian, and Christian pinned the Blade to pick up the victory. Well, Santana and Ortiz... And FTR, there was a little video promo segment here. Talked about the match from last week. Harwood said he almost watched his friend die. Um, I think according to... So, I don't know exactly still what happened last week 
with Cash Wheeler, but his arm got cut and it was bad. He said he doesn't know how long he's going to be out of action. That's that's telling. He said, actually, I'll give you the quote on what Dax Harwood or Cash Wheeler said. Cash Wheeler actually said about. He said, quote, bum, bum. he said on Instagram, quote, thank you to everyone that's reached out. I'll be fine. I'm pretty lucky. Sorry to anyone I haven't gotten back to yet. I'm still not going, I'm still not going to respond to a lot of messages right now. I wanted to take the last week to get away in the mountains, clear my head, and see what the future holds. I won't be there tonight. I don't know when I'll be cleared, but I know that no matter what, Dax is the best friend I could have ever asked for. So the injury, I don't know exactly what the injury itself is. He cut his like forearm right here. I don't know if maybe there's ligament damage. I don't really, I don't know. No one said anything really, but it was a nasty cut. And Ortiz at one point said this was, quote, far from over. Dr. Britt Baker comes to the ring to do yet another promo with Tony Schiavone. She's still got the, the thing, remember this, she's still got the cast on her hand, on her wrist. And Baker said that it was right here in Jacksonville, Florida, where she became the AEW Women's World Champion, and then out would come Red Velvet. And my first thought was, okay, Red Velvet may have won a bunch of matches on Dark, but who fucking cares? It's Red Velvet, duh. And... She's like, I'm out here because I want a piece of you. And Baker's like, you want a piece of me? The DMD? And Red Velvet's like, red ain't your color, honey. And I'm like, oh, my so stupid. She's like, uh, Baker was like, yeah, I beat you in like a three-minute match last time we fought. And she's like, well, I'm, she literally says, I'm different now. I was an enhancement talent back then, but now I'm 22 and four. And that means I've earned myself a shot at the title. Baker's just like, you know what? Fuck it. Uh, you want to you wanna fight me? Whatever you want? Sure, we'll do it next week in my hometown on the debut of Rampage. Let's go. And I'm like, well, we know who's not going to lose this match, especially in Pittsburgh. I mean, Red Velvet ain't winning the title. No offense, but here's my thing. If someone's going to come out and say, I got all these wins. I want to challenge you for the belt. Shouldn't they have at least two wins or so on the big show, on the main show, not the YouTube show that most people don't watch? Like, let me look. AEW last week had over a million viewers. What did Dark do? Over a million viewers. But last week's, I'm going to count this week's because it just aired yesterday. But last week's episode of AEW Dark. Did 141,000 viewers. That's a lot of viewers. But compared to Dynamite, and how many people watch Dynamite compared to Dark? Not that many. The Rebel tried to attack with a crush. Red Velvet ducked it. But Velvet had it, because Velvet had it scouted. Baker then attacked with, uh, with a curb stomp. She laid her out, driving the crutch. Down her throat. We get more Andrade. Andrade and Chavo. Chavo says he found somebody. We're going to work for him. It's his old boy, Fuego del Sol. And I go, oh, Fuego getting his ass beat right here. Chavo said he needs Fuego to shine Andrade's shoes. But he says he won't do it. Andrade's like, ah, fuck this. And he grabs Fuego and he throws him into the garage door. 
And he throws him into the door again. He throws him into the door again. Chavo then said, if the Lucha Bros keep working for Pac, then they'll never be champions. And I'm like, I told you they don't work for Pac. They work with Pac. Get your facts straight, Chavo Guerrero. Then we get Hangman again. A lot of seeing somebody early in the show, and then they're here again. The page was out, and Tony Schiavone's like, you know, I didn't, I didn't get to really speak to you earlier when I was with the Dark Order. What, what was all that? And Hangman's like, well, Tony, and then out comes the elite. Matt, Nick, Kenny, Carl, um, Doc, no Don. Very interesting. Brandon Cutler comes out. I think Nakazawa was with them here as well. And Omega suggested the page could be out here to make a plea to rejoin the elite. Page goes, no, that's not, that's, that's not what I want. Omega then mocked Page's relationship with the fans. He considered giving Page one last shot. But Page said, but, but said Page wouldn't fit in with the elite anymore anyways. Quote, the elite doesn't have losers in our group. Page had enough and slapped Omega. Page was then quickly overwhelmed and taken out with the magic killer. Dark Order tried to run out to save, but Evil Luno and Stu Grayson stopped him and goes, no, he doesn't want our help. We must leave. So they leave. Young Bucks then grab the arms of Hangman Page and give him three, maybe four BTE triggers before Frankie Kazarian, another guy that we don't really care about, runs out to try to make the save, and he's quickly dispatched as well. The Bucks are holding up Hangman. And Omega's like, I'm going to give you one last look at the thing you'll never have. It's this world championship. And he cracks Hangman over the page with the world title. Cracks Hangman over the head with the world title. Hangman's just left dead in the ring. And I go, if we're supposed to believe that we're not getting Kenny versus Hangman, then what the fuck was this all for? This made absolutely no sense whatsoever. You're building up to Hangman now wanting revenge but you're not going to give it to us right now? What are we supposed to wait for? The, the slow burn? This made absolutely no fucking sense. Then we learned that Dan Lambert of American Top Team coming back next week. Got a promo about Lance Archer attacking him a few weeks back. And he said this time, he's bringing back up. But didn't he have backup last time in Masvidal and Nunez and they didn't help him? I don't know whose backup's going to be or what he's going to do, but yeah. Next up, we had a TNT title on the line. It was Miro against Lee Johnson. This match was not bad at all. I actually enjoyed it. Johnson is one of the more, you know, better enhancement guys that I think they could elevate just a tiny bit more, maybe. But Johnson ran right at Miro immediately as the bell rang and was dropped with a shoulder tackle. Miro shrugged him off and started strike, striking him and then caught a diving crossbody, turning it into a slam. He called for the game over, but Johnson rolled to the floor ahead of a commercial break. Back from the break, Miro had Johnson locked in in a bear hug before demanding more shots from Johnson. Johnson countered a pop-up into a DDT, but Miro popped him up. Or popped up, didn't, didn't sell the DDT. Miro, a little, well, actually, no, Miro kind of sold him. Like, Miro, he hit the DDT. Miro popped right back to his feet, was on wobbly legs for a second, allowed Johnson to hit him with a couple strikes, drop, kick him, and Miro fell to the floor. Johnson then hit a couple dives to the outside. Johnson then landed a crossbody, but Miro kicked out a one. Miro then went for a German suplex, but Johnson flipped out and hit some thrust kicks. Johnson went back to the top and hit a frog splash for a two. 
He tried to hoist Miro up, but Miro fought out and crushed Johnson with a high kick. Miro then called for the game over, locked it in, and the referee, he didn't tap. Lee Johnson didn't tap, but the ref called for the stoppage because Johnson just was out. Going forward, Excalibur said, we got some news regarding the debut next week of AEW Rampage. I will be doing the commentary along with Mark Henry, Taz, and Chris Jericho. And Jim Ross is like, yeah, Tony and I get a, get a week off or get a night off. We're just going to go sit on our, on our couches and watch the show. And then he kind of looks, he like mentions, motions to Shivani and goes, well, actually, Tony may be holding the microphone somewhere on that show. He's always kept busy. And Shivani's like, yeah, presumably. So we see Christian Cage again. He's in the back with Tony Schiavone. And Tony Schiavone says, per the office of the Ali Wrestling General Manager, Tony Khan, he has informed me that you, Christian Cage, have been named the new number one contender for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. Christian says, or he says, also, I have a question. Layla Hirsch came to your aid earlier tonight. Will you aid her in her match tonight against the Bunny? And Christian goes, nope. She told me she doesn't need me. She told me she's got friends. She's got some best friends. And then starts singing, Thank you for being a friend. Up and down the road and back again. Thank you for being a friend. He then said, I didn't come here in AEW just to have some matches and slap some hands. No, I came here to cement my legacy and get back what I'd lost seven years ago, a shot at championships. Kristen says, uh, that he's been here for a while and stirred up some shit. But he's not just good. He's elite. And I go, what does that mean? He's elite? He ain't joining the elite. I get it. The company's called All Elite Wrestling. But in All Elite Wrestling, when you say, we're, I'm elite, we're elite, you're referencing to the elite. So what the fuck is Christian referencing here? But don't, please don't tell me that the all-out main event in one, two, one, two, less than four weeks. Well, no, one, two, three, four. Don't tell me the all-out main event in five weeks is fucking Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage. No one's going to want that. No one's going to want that. Maybe they do the match on television before, but then you give us like, give them no time to build up to whatever the pay-per-view match is. So I don't know. I don't know. Also, Gabriel Perez, Danielson, if he is signed, the plan would be for him to come in in September. Next up, we had a NWA Women's World Championship Eliminator match. Just call it what the fuck it is, a number one contenders match. It was Layla Hirsch against the Bunny, the NWA Women's World Champion. Uh, Camille was sitting front row for this. Early on, they traded some right hands before Hirsch hit something off the top rope to the floor. Hirsch targeted Bunny's arm, but Bunny pulled her hair to force a break. Bunny hit a backstabber, sending Hirsch to the floor before following it up with a running dropkick, leading to a commercial. This is when they showed Camille at ringside. Upon return, Hirsch hit a superplex. Nyla Rose was at ringside, and for some reason she had a stare down Chris Statlander, leading to a match next week. Nyla Rose, Chris Statlander. This was random and fucking stupid. Hirsch then hit repeated Germans before following them up with corner knees and a drop kick for a two. Blocked on the cross arm breaker, but Bunny pinned to Hirsch's shoulders to force the break before she got herself pinned. 
First, then hit a big knee, followed by a missile drop, uh, followed by missing a step up moonsault. Bunny would take advantage with a thrust kick and a Death Valley driver for a two. Hirsch fought out of a, a down the rabbit hole and went for the cross arm breaker again, transitioning to the center of the ring and forcing Bunny to tap out. Then, emotions, Camille. Hey, I'm coming for you. Your title at the Empower pay per view. What's up? What's up? And Camille's like, I want to get in that ring with you. Camille gets in the ring. And Camille's legit. Camille. Camille is legit. Five foot ten. Layla Hirsch, a five nothing. Layla four eleven. A full, almost a full foot difference. And when you see this, where Camille's standing here and Layla's here, just chest level. God. I don't know how the match is going to be. Hirsch is still very green. Camille, not the best wrestler. I get why they put the title on her, though, in, in, in the NWA. They also stated that Serena Deeb was supposed to get this title shot, but because she's got a knee injury, she had to forfeit her shot for now. But they exchanged words, and the height difference, oh, I don't know how this match is going to work. Like, I get it. People have the height difference in matches all the time, but I don't know. I don't know. Next up, we had a backstage promo. It was Jade Cargill and Mark Sterling. They said, yeah, we haven't been around much lately. That's because we've been building the brand, exploring other ventures. But Cargill, she's ready to wrestle. She's got a match this coming Monday on AEW Dark Elevation. The sky's the limit. And Cargill said, I'm that bitch. I don't like the, the, the line. It's kind of stupid. As far as next week does go, fourth labor of Jericho. Chris Jericho versus Wardlow with MJF at ringside. Nyla Rose versus Chris Statlander. And the Impact Tag Team Championships will be on the line when the Good Brothers defend against Evil Uno and Stu Grayson of the Dark Order. Also, next week on Friday, August 13th, the debut of AEW Rampage, the AEW Women's World Championship will be on the line. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, against Red Velvet. Johnson740 in the Twitch chat says, remember Ray and Kali? Yeah, I do. That's Ray Mysterio, who is great and can make anything work. These are two women that are still not great in the ring. They're both still pretty green, to be honest. But with that, we got our main event, Malachi Black against Cody Rhodes. But before, before we talk about our main event, we're going to talk about the sponsor of this podcast. It's Homage. Homage is sponsoring us here today. And, well, one thing you need to notice about Homage is the quality and comfort of their t-shirts. Homage has been growing their brand and growing their collection of WWE, tele- of WWE t-shirts in all different genres. They've got a lot of retro stuff. They've got some shirts with a one, two, three kid. They've got stuff with Undertaker and Kane. They've got Rob Van Dam t-shirts. And basically, it'll be your new favorite t-shirt if you give Homage a chance. Head over to Homage and use PW Unlimited 15 at checkout. You get 15% off of your order. Like the shirts from Homage, tweet them and tell them PW Unlimited sent you. Homage. 
com forward slash PW Unlimited. So with that, guys, we move on to our main event. And I've got a lot to talk about this. Cowboys, sorry, yes, I did forget the poll. Because I just wanted to get into this, talk about this weird-ass show tonight. So we go on, and we have Malachi Black against Cody Rhodes. Malachi Black comes out with a wicked cool entrance, got a nice cool mask with some horns coming off of it. And then they go to commercial. Come back. Cody makes his entrance. Right off the bat, Black hits a leg kick. Capitalize and take the advantage. Cody went for the figure four, but Black broke it up by gouging Cody's eyes. Cody came back with an enziguri, but Black took down Cody with a leg sweep and locked on a single leg crab. Cody then surprised Black by going for the crossroads, but Black fought out kicking Cody right in the face. Cody climbed the top rope, but Black kicked him and sent him to the floor, crashing through the timekeeper's table. Cody barely made it back in the ring before the 10 count, and then Black had a spinning kick, put one foot on top of Cody, and pinned him to pick up the victory. Cody's bleeding just a tiny bit from his, his nose. Doctor checks on him really fast. Doctor gives him a crutch, and Cody's playing it up like he's got a bad knee injury. Tony Schiavone's like, you know what? I'm going to go down there. I'm going to talk to Cody right now. I want to see what's, what, what his mind is thinking. And Tony tries to help Cody do his feet, and Cody's like, I got this. I'm fine. Let's talk. And before Dynamite, if you're signed up to the AEW community, community text messages, Cody sent out a, a text message to fans that stated, have it here. Where the hell is it? Why can't I find it anymore? Cody stated, whichever way it goes tonight, I just wanted to share where I'm at in this moment. This has been a marvelous almost three-year run. I've been incredibly lucky to be one of a few to carry the banner for this genuine revolution. When this all started, some laughed at myself, some laughed at the Bucks, Kenny also. And now, it's just become a given that this show is destination programming. The tables have been set. Others can eat. I say this with no bitterness in my heart. Thank you for all. Thank you for all this. This is a legacy. This lives forever. Well, Cody basically said all that, not in the same order, but basically paraphrased and reset that exact same thing that he tweeted or text message. And so Cody's in the ring and he's saying all this and whatnot. And he's like starting to choke up and almost started crying or whatever. He's like, but you know, now AEW isn't an, an alternative. They're competition. Cody said he's been lucky to be here. He said, yes, he, he said he loves all of his EVPs, even if there's been some infighting. He then says, quote, with all respect to Daly's Place, which is a gas station chain in Florida that sponsors the, the amphitheater. He says, this will be called the AEW Amphitheater. There's no better place. And then thanks to fans, said that they've made his life so special. And Cody kneels down. He unzips his boot and he takes the first boot off. He looks around at the fans as he stands back up. And Malachi Black jumps in and cracks Cody in the back with a crutch. And everyone goes, oh my God, was Cody just about to actually retire? Was Cody going to actually retire from professional wrestling? Was he done in all elite wrestling? And I go, fuck no. You know what was announced three weeks ago? Go Big Show Season 2 is filming in August. Snoop is not returning. He will be replaced by DJ Khaled. But you know who is returning? Jennifer Nettles. Rosario Dawson 
and Cody Rhodes. So just like they did with Mr. Brody Lee one year ago, Cody got destroyed and then took time off to film a television show and has a built-in program when he comes back. Cody got destroyed. Blackton attacked him after the match. So bada bing, bada boom, there you go. Cody's just taking five or so weeks off to go film season two of Go Big Show. That's all this is. Everybody trying to say, oh, this is something else. And da, 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 blah, blah. Gabriel's baby's already been born. She's like three weeks old. Anyways. That's all this is. It's it's it. There's no underlying message here. There's not let it play out. None of that bullshit. All it is, is Cody needs to take time off to go film Go Big Show Season 2. And just like he did last week. Last year, he got murdered in a five-minute match. And then, there you go. He's going to come back, and he's got a built-in program with Malachi Black. That is it. There's nothing else to look here. There's nothing else to look into here. If anyone else tries to say there's more to this, there isn't. There isn't. But that's all going on. What's going on with Cody? That's it. Cody's taking time off to go film Go Big Show Season 2. It was announced revealed all of that. They're filming in August. This is not a surprise. This is not a shocker to anybody. If you say it is, if anybody, especially any other reporters, try to say, I didn't see this coming. Cody's going to do it up. It's a fucking big show. It's all it fucking is. Um, Gabriel Press says, I'm calling it Malachi versus Moxley at All Out. Nope, Moxley's facing somebody from New Japan at All Out. But with that, guys, that was AEW Dynamite. A very confusing show, to say the least, with a great main event and a great main event segment after the main event match. But with that, forgot to run the poll. Sorry about that, guys. But we do have text messages. Um, Text message, this first one here, does state... Who do you think is next in line to challenge? We already know that's Christian Cage. Uh, what were your toughest on tonight's Dynamite? And who do you see challenging Kenny Omega? I think he means thoughts, but it says toughest. Um, I hope it's not Christian versus Kenny at the pay-per-view, but it might be what it is. It says, I think I like AEW Homecoming tonight. Well, except for the elite doing too much after attacking Hangman Page and who should challenge for the TNT Championship to Miro. I think it's just going to be more random-ass guys challenging Miro to make Miro look even more dominant. Versus I have two things to say. Why is Red Velvet getting the title shot when Ty Conti and Thunder Rosa are above her in the rankings? And did Hikaru Shida ever get her rematch? Shida did not get her rematch. And let's go check those rankings really fast. Let's go check the AEW rankings. Because I know at one point, I think they did state that Layla Hirsch was ranked number one. But that could have been weeks ago and she could have fell. But let's check the AEW rankings. As of this morning before Dynamite, Red Velvet was ranked number three as of this morning. And her saying she's 22 and four, I don't know where that stat came from. Because she's 13 and two. According to the AEW rankings. So to say she's 22 and 4, I don't know where the fuck that came from. 
He's 13 and 2 in 2021. Overall, she's 28 and 15. So I don't know where 22 and 4 came from. She goes, I'm 22 and 4, honey. And I'm like, yeah, honey, you're not. Um, also, she didn't ever get, no, she didn't get a rematch. She is actually ranked fifth, 10 and one. Uh, this person says, I have two questions from Dynamite. Where do you see the story with Hangman and the Elite going? I have no fucking clue because I thought they were just going to put that on the back burner after last week. Maybe do one, like when they did the thing with Dark Order and Hangman tonight where he says, I just need to be on my own to reflect. I go, great way to maybe have him off TV for a couple of weeks and then come back and do something not with the elite, not with wanting to go for the title. But then they did the whole thing with the Bucks destroying him and Kenny destroying him. I have no fucking clue. And he also says, do you think Jericho gets back into the title picture after his feud with MJF? Probably not. I think Jericho might be done with all that. Versus I can see Christian Cage beating, being the one to beat. I'm even going to finish that. No, he's not. If Christian beats Kenny Omega for the AW World title, then Tony Khan needs to fucking quit. Christian Cage should not beat Kenny Omega for the world title. If that's the route they go, Tony Khan needs to quit and give this company to somebody else. He says, who do you think will be labor number five? Well, we already know. It's MJF. He literally said, I'm labor number five. You will face four other labors. He says, keep doing an amazing job. I'm PW Limited. I know you're talking about AW Homecoming, but one of my friends told me the USA Network's furious with the release. I'm not going to quote on that, or I'm not going to comment on that because I have no info on that. I know where the report came from, and I don't trust it. Bruce says, are you going to be doing a Rampage review? Also thought AEW tonight was great tonight, and I really got emotionally invested in the Cody promo. I think what we're going to end up having to do, I know at least for the first two, maybe three weeks, a split SmackDown Rampage review. So unfortunately, those reviews are going to start pretty late, especially if you live on the East Coast. But I think... The debut, we're gonna we're gonna talk rampage. So next Friday, not this Friday, but next will be a split SmackDown Rampage debut or review. The United Center show the following week, August 20th. Of course, most likely the punk debut. We're gonna talk about that as well. So going forward, we'll play it week by week, but we may be doing split like we used to do with AEW and and NXT. Why we just do the same thing on Fridays now. Says, I'm a little surprised. Labor four isn't Mike Tyson or Lance Storm. I believe I heard Jericho wants Storm to retire him when it's time. Well, yeah, his first ever match was against Lance Storm. So that would make sense for it to be Lance Storm, but I don't even know if Lance wants to wrestle, to be honest. And this person says, even, even I know that Cody is not retiring. He played that uh that so well with the crowd, loved his yeah, no. It, it's not. It's not Cody retiring. All good. He's going to be sticking around. He'll be back in maybe five, six weeks or so. He's going to take time off to go film the Go Big Show. Maybe take a couple extra weeks with his family. I don't know. And then we'll see him back soon. I don't think Cody's gone past mid-October, late October. I think he's back before Halloween. Possibly. But with that, guys, that's going to do it for our review here of AEW Dynamite Homecoming. Again, a lot of questions coming out of this confusing show. But with that, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Remember to follow us on social media. Facebook.com forward slash Pro Wrestling ULTD. 
Follow us on Instagram by searching for Pro Wrestling Unlimited and follow us on Twitter at PW Unlimited. Also remember, if you missed any of the show, don't want to go back and watch it on video, but you want to listen to it on podcast platforms, well, you can because we're available on podcast platforms. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor.fm, iHeartRadio, and so many more. So with that, guys, have a great rest of your night. We'll be back on Friday for SmackDown, and I'll see you next time. Have a good one, guys.